Welcome to the Place to Be Reviews. It is April 2nd, 2019. I am Pete right here with you. Uh, we got a big show lined up for this evening. Uh, I'm flying solo. I'm going to have Kyle on tomorrow night, though, as uh, we've got, uh, I've got my shovel out uh, for tomorrow night's episode. Um, yeah, so if, uh, if you're familiar with the vernacular, um, I do have my shovel out, so you know there'll be a funeral tomorrow night, because uh, I'm going to bury somebody. But anyway, that's tomorrow. Tonight, we've got segment number two after this will be my IWE timeline for November 2016. I'll be going back to Battlezone TV episode 24 to run down what team ratings were up to that particular evening. Then, after that, we have the Walking Dead kind of discussing the dead uh, episode 916 the storm review we'll go over that and some plot points and just some fun little things about it and then the following segment after that will be the return of the daily rant again I think I'm going to make this a thing uh, on the docket tonight will be Cardi B John Oliver's take on WWE the independent contractor situation um like I said, being a nine-year uh, veteran of the independent wrestling scene, uh, I have some thoughts and opinions on that. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Nipsey Hussle. Uh, and then uh, Star Wars MCU uh, and the sycophants and the quote-unquote real fans. So we're going to discuss all that and so much more tonight on the program. Stay tuned. Coming up next, my IWE Timeline. All right, so my IWE timeline, welcome. This is November of 2016. We are going back to episode 24 of Battlezone TV. And uh, my brother James Dillinger was actually wrestling a debuting Leviticus Abel, uh, who was like um, a hot topic fucking vampire, uh, for lack of a better uh, of a better description. Um, you know... I never really had a problem personally with the guy. He was just one of those people like he was well first of all he wasn't like he was and I hate saying yarder but like he was he was a yarder who but he didn't get trained. Like I knew a lot of guys who started out doing the backyard stuff but then they got trained and a lot of them have went on to be really fucking solid workers. One of them is uh a straight up like kick ass fucking worker who's working some great promotions, um, not only in the U.S. but in Canada as well. Uh, so, you know, you can't sleep on those guys because they can get fully trained and become fucking amazing workers. But some of them, like this kid, were just—I mean, God love him. Um, he's never wronged me, but the dude just has really no business around the fucking ring uh, at all, uh, ever. Um, like I said, I'm I'm not the best person ever stepped between the fucking ropes into the squared circle, but god damn it, I could fucking I could work and shit. I, I worked buzz better than fucking most people do sober. So I mean, you know, get the fuck out of here. Uh but no, this guy, like I mean it was like it was the timing of the match was off. Um like James had to wait on him for shit. Um kid didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Like I said, I'd only worked that was I'd worked one match for the company at that point and um i was looking at this guy like you know but i'd been you know i'd worked before and 
I just, god damn, after four years, I didn't even have that much fucking ring rust on me. You know what I mean? It was like, wow, like this dude was like just fucking bad. But so we kind of suffered through this match. Um, I really didn't have too much to do, just some shit on the outside uh, during the match anyway. Um, couple, like one clothesline spot here and there, and he kind of mistimed that. You know, I, I, I should have just fucking forearmed him, but I fucking kind of gave him up. A decent looking line, not the best, but I don't know. And then we, you know, James finished that off quick, and then we got in. It was a whole we had signs brought out, and we had a whole protest because November 2016. Um, I'd have to look back at the date, but I think this was post election. And uh, I'm not going to get. I don't. I, I, my whole goal on this channel is, or this podcast was not to get political, unless it was like identity politics, something that bleeds into the entertainment industry. Um, but this, like the election, like really divided our locker room. And the funny thing was like all of us in team ratings at that point, uh, pretty much we either leaned to the conservative side or like the independent side. And we were the ones that were like protesting and marching and had like impeached the creech because John Campbell was the promoter slash, you know, he was the president of IWE and we had the, uh, the signs, you know, the impeach him and not my president and all this shit and, you know, tag teams against Campbell. Oh, it was, you know, I had a fucking sign that said triggered and I was, he said something to me during our promo and I said, I, I you know, I look like, you know, I call myself Pete Daddy Dollar, but I'm look like Pete Daddy 50 Cent or something like that. I, was, I look like 50 Cent. I'm, I'm rich as shit, you know, but, uh, and I'm big and like buff. I mean, a little, little darker than I am now, but whatever. I don't care. <laughs> 50 Cent, had, dude's got a good life other than being shot. I wouldn't want to trade that. I wouldn't want to be shot as many times as he has. But uh, anyway, um, so yeah, he said that. And I, I hold, held my sign up and started yelling triggered. And I was fucking jumping around. And so we said, it, it was all the setup for uh, December. We did a... Uh, it was a uh, lead into a tag team match with uh, the Steels versus uh, Campbell and uh, Brody, which me and James were involved in. But yeah, this was kind of a slow episode. Um, Apocalypse wasn't there, wasn't on this one. Um, you know, uh, heavyweight cha our heavyweight champion, we just kicked Rick out. Uh, Rick wasn't at this taping um, to do anything. So it was kind of like, well, we're going to debut this kid, give James a squash, and we'll lead into a promo for the next uh, for the next month. You know, we'll lead into a match. Um, they'll figure out, you know, like, well, we'll find you something to do next month. Okay, whatever, you know, cool. Because we were, like, semi-main. The squash match was semi-main um, on the card. So, I mean, I pretty much, like, maintained the entire run I was there um, being in the main event picture um you know top of the card which was never i didn't know if it ever happened that way but it did and i was happy you know i mean i brought something to the table at least for a while but no so the november the november one was kind of it was kind of slow like i said it really didn't matter i mean i was kind of <laughs> you see me when i make my uh, when i make my entrance um i blow out a big fucking cloud of smoke well, my pen. But anyway, that was, yeah, you know, I'd sit back there. As I knew I didn't really have to do too much, so I sat back, had a couple toddies. You know, I always had a little fucking flask. 
in my bag, so either that or just fucking delicious Gatorade. Gatorade and Grey Goose make a, a delicious mix, and uh, you stay hydrated and uh, get a nice, uh, get a nice uh, shine on as well, which um, makes uh, dressing up and playing pretend uh, a little more fun, <laughs> especially when you really don't have to do anything uh, that night. You know, it was pretty low impact. Um, shit, it, I was like, God, do I even, do I even want to put my wrestling boots on at this point? You know, I'm like, I could, I could just wear my Tim's, <laughs> you know? I mean, shit, Hall did that all the time. He's wear fucking, wear his work boots or whatever down the ring. I really wanted to do, um, I, and I wish we would have done it at one point during the summer was do like the fucking Hawaiian shirts and cargo shorts and flip flops. And I mean, act like we were bringing drinks down to the ring, but they would have been Gatorade, but mine probably would have vodka in it. But <laughs> I can't speak for James. I won't speak for him. Only myself. Um, because he might want to go back there someday. <laughs> he's uh he's currently uh currently not uh not on the uh, active roster, but I hope he gets back soon. At least one of us needs to be there rapid. And uh kinda get back and uh, you know, like see him make Team Reagans great again. That'd be kinda nice. Plus I need I need some new fucking T shirts. Um, I ain't paying for me either, motherfucker. <laughs> I will trade some. We'll trade some. I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll find some old vintage video games I have, and I'll trade you for some team rating shirts when you get them. Um, but no. So yeah, November was kind of slow. Uh, December we really got into um the big swing because we were planning a uh, battle royal for the January show. Uh, December would uh would be a, a good card too, leading into that. Campbell Brody with the steals and uh, of course James and I had to have something to do so you know we'll get into mischief somewhere along the line so that's pretty much it for my IWE timeline uh, like I said episode 24 was a little bit slower but um it was uh it was always fun you know we were sitting back always sitting backstage bullshit and doing something um but yeah so that was that and uh let's get into some walking dead as uh we'll do some discussing the dead and that's coming up next anchor listeners stay tuned all right, so The Walking Dead, episode 916, the season finale, The Storm. Uh, we had snow for the first time in The Walking Dead, which was uh, really cool to see um, how they did that. Um, you know, the walkers, uh, a couple of you know, being the frozen walkers and all. Uh, that was just really neat to see. Uh, really dug uh, the looks of it. There were some discrepancies with like the way it was snowing and the walkers, the way they moved in some spots. Uh, they were supposedly frozen, but they were moving a little bit quick, coming at Daryl. But you know what? Um, I'm sure that costs an arm and a leg to do the snow. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna nitpick too much because it everything looked really cool. Um, major things here: uh, the Kingdom Falls. Uh, Ezekiel has to admit that, you know, it's too bad they go into the opening to show the montage about how, you know, what, how bad a shape it's in and, you know, the pipes are all rotting and, you know, they have to leave. So you see them, the convoy leaving and, you know, Michonne and them are with them and Aaron and they're taking them to like Alexandria and the hilltop. So yeah, they have to leave. That's, that's a big thing for uh, Ezekiel. Um, especially right after losing Henry. Uh, you know, he lost uh, Henry's little brother and Henry. I mean, that is, that is horrifying. You know, it, it just, it is. To, and, and, you know, for Carol, again, to lose another kid, 
um, <laughs> Sophia and, um, you know, uh, the, the girls from the prison, um, Lizzie and Mika, uh, and now, you know, Henry is just, it's terrible. Um, or it wasn't Henry's little brother, it was Henry's older brother, Benjamin, uh, that got killed. Um, you know, I mean, it was just, uh, this has not been a good, uh, parenting experience, post-apocalyptic parenting 101 for, uh, Carol, uh, Peltier has not been, has not been well. Uh, yeah. So the kingdom fell. Um, and I mean, you get that point where Daryl or, uh, Ezekiel's talking to Daryl and he tells him, uh, to scram basically that, um, you know, he's been, uh, he's trying to keep it together with Carol and he needs Daryl to leave so he can do that. And for those of you keeping score at home, uh, Daryl and Carol, while they've never been romantic with each other, are absolutely like besties, man. You're not going to separate them. Um, and that actually later on, you get, uh, Carol breaking up with Ezekiel and leaving him which uh, was kind of a shocker to me. I didn't really see them separating them in the, in the show. But, but as we all know from the comics, uh, neither of them are alive um, at this point. You know, Carol had uh, killed herself a long time ago, and Ezekiel was um, actually a victim on the pike uh, in the lineup. So, yeah, um... They're both, um, I don't see them killing Carol off during the run of the show. Uh, Ezekiel, yeah, he's got, uh, Kari's got a lot of other, um, projects, you know, so he, he could be killed off. Carol, not that she doesn't have the opportunities for other work, or maybe she does do, uh, do some voice work on the side, but I don't see her leaving the show. She is there to stay. Of course, Andrew Lincoln, we thought that about him too, um, but then we get uh, that, you know, Michonne thanking Negan for saving Judith. Uh, you can see there's some mutual respect there between them. Uh, Michonne jokes about the sanctuary being a shithole now. And Negan remarks, you know, I could have told you that because he, he went back there during his escape. Um, so that was a nice little scene uh, between Denai and uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Those two are just great actors and they played so well. They play so well off each other. You know, Negan makes a remark as he's in the hospital bed after saving Judith, which we haven't ever really got to. You know, he's got his, uh, he saves Judith um, in Alexandria because Daryl uh, tasks Judith with keeping an eye on Dog while he's gone. And Dog gets away during the snowstorm. Judith runs. They're all tied together. Judith runs off to save Dog. And Negan leaves to save Judith, uh, which he finds her and Dog and saves them both. You know, he gives uh if he gets hit in the leg with like a piece of flying uh, debris and it cuts his leg and that's what leads to him and michonne having the discussion as he's laying in the hospital bed and he remarks you know the last time i was here uh rick had just slit my throat so this you know this is nothing and you know classic jeffrey dean morgan style and speaking of which we also got uh him calling father gabriel father not the father and uh sadiq dr baby daddy kind of ribbing uh you know, Rosita and Sadiq and uh, Father Gabriel. I mean, it, it was it was just great to see that little, you just get to see those little glimpses of humor. The humor that uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan can work in as Negan is, uh, it's great. I, lo I love it.
Um, and it, it, it doesn't get old. It's because they don't let them do it too much now. It's just, it's very, like, it's perfect. Um, you get uh, the scene where Lydia it kind of escapes, kind of just kind of walks away when the uh, the people from the kingdom are on their march. Um, she's going off to kill herself, and you see her go, and she finds this walker frozen in the ice, and she takes her glove off, and she sticks her arm almost up to it, and... You know, Carol tells her don't, you know, and then comes the point where she begs Carol to kill her and Carol won't do it. Um, and that scene with Lydia almost letting the walker bite her was kind of like what Carol did in the comics. Carol let a walker basically just rip her throat open. Um, and that was after she had been rejected in the comics by um, Laurie and Rick to kind of have a... Um, not necessarily like a menage a trois, but like basically kind of like polygamy uh, to where Rick would have her and um, Lori. But Lori flat out rejected her. And Carol, shortly after that, she had killed herself because I believe it's been so long since I've read this, I mean, you know, the that far back in the comics. I think Carol was with Tyrese and Tyrese cheated on her with Michonne. And that's kind of what drove her to Rick and Lori. And then they turned her down. It was just like, okay, she just had enough. And she ended up killing herself. But Carol in the show could not be um, more different than that. Because she's a complete badass. I do believe that I'm hoping now that she's left Ezekiel. This whole um, season with her being at the kingdom um, up until now was kind of like Carol's almost fairy tale arc. Uh, she got to be a mom. She was the queen. You know, um, it, it was, you know, post uh, all out war. You know, six years later, you know, they've had all this time to establish the, you know, reestablish the, the kingdom as, you know, what it was and before the war and all that. And then it was just, it's gone now, really. It's all gone. So Carol's kind of shedding that that image and she leaves King Ezekiel and I'm kind of hoping she cuts, you know, quote unquote cuts her hair because those are extensions, obviously a wig. But, um, as we saw Melissa McBride on talking dad had her trademark short hair, which she looks amazing like that. I love Melissa McBride. Um, she seems like just a beautiful woman inside and out. Uh, and she's just amazing as Carol on the walking dead. I, I love the character. Um, but yeah, so, I think uh, I think we're gonna get to see badass Carol, uh, and I do believe that Lydia now will be um, kind of with Daryl. Almost, I don't want to say his ward, but kind of his ward. Uh, and and I don't want to see them kind of rehash what they did with Beth, uh, because I I really can't take uh, that heartbreak again. Um, because when Beth got killed in the hospital. Uh, that that was that was heartbreaking. That that one hurt. <laughs> that one hit me right in the feels, uh, because um, yeah, Elizabeth Kinney was amazing as Beth uh, since the farm season, and she had become kind of you know one tough little cookie on there. And I just really dug her, and then you know then she dies. But but Officer Don got hers, so that's all right. So Lydia is kind of kind of I believe be with Daryl. Um, but so we had that little comic connection with Carol, 
on Lydia there when Lydia almost, you know, let the walker bite her. So a little nod to the comics. Uh, we got a shot of the whispers. Uh, and I don't know if this is like a plot hole, but they were like, there was no snow. It was warm. The trees were green. Um, and I was like, uh, did, did the whispers, how far did they walk south before the snowstorm? You know, did they have like a teleporter hidden somewhere? Are they like Jadis? <laughs> it was just kind of like, that was the one bad thing. I was like, okay, so they're supposed to be in Virginia. Where the fuck are the whispers right now? Um, did they fucking like hop a cruise ship? I mean, what are, what are they doing here? Where are they at? So there was no snow and it. It looked warm. That didn't make any sense to me. Uh, and lastly, I think I want to talk about the, uh, the radio transmission at the end of the show. Um, Oh, that whisper scene that's, that's setting up for uh, the whisper war in season 10. Um, if you don't know, now, you know, uh, which I hope it doesn't take up more than half, uh, of season 10. And then the second half of season 10 should be, uh, rebuilding and getting into that Commonwealth angle. Speaking of the Commonwealth. So the radio transmission at the end of the show is that, you know, is that the Commonwealth? Is it Maggie? Is it Georgie? Is it Stephanie? Is it Jadis? Uh, Stephanie was the woman in the comics who was the radio uh, operator for the Commonwealth. Um, and the reason I say, uh, you know, Maggie is Maggie's with Georgie. Is it either one of them or is it Jadis? Uh, would we hear from Jadis already? I don't think we would because they seem like they would be farther away uh, wherever she went with Rick um, to be. Well, that is a long range radio, though, so I don't know. But I don't think I don't think it would be Jadis. My money would say it's probably um I don't want to say it was Maggie either. It's probably Stephanie. Uh something like that from the from the Commonwealth. But it could be Maggie. I don't know. I'm just kinda I'm speculating and projecting here. Uh conjecturing, maybe as it were. I don't know. Uh but no, I don't uh, I don't think uh I don't think it was Jadis. Uh we wanna they're gonna wanna leave that movie stuff off to the side and not uh not connect those yet you wouldn't it wouldn't make any sense to tie those together yet you want to find out where rick is it's got to be you know kept under wraps where his location is so that's what i think about that uh overall i think this has been one of the best seasons of the walking dead um in recent years definitely better than uh eight uh, better than seven Probably even better than season six. I would go back and say this has been the best season since season five. Um, and I've enjoyed every season. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I know that they each have their issues. Um, and if later on down the road you guys want me to review them season by season, episode by episode, uh, by episode, I wouldn't mind. I don't care. I'll watch the show a dozen times. I mean, I've watched Seinfeld 20, some t <laughs> 20 times the entire series outside of the finale, which I've only watched three times since it originally aired. Um, I refuse to watch it. That's, that's another show. That's Seinfeld. For those of you, I've never talked about it really is my favorite, uh, television show of all time. And there's, uh, moments in my day every day that I can quote it. And I do and just to the point where I have my three-and-a-half-year-old son, when he drops something or I drop something or something happens, he just looks at me and says, that's shame, a la Jerry. I'm like, oh, my son is amazing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this is probably the best season since season five. Uh, Angela Kang completely knocked it out of the park with the character development, with the story. Um, 
everything was great. Uh, you know, the actors, of course, everybody was just on point this season. Uh, and I don't understand how I keep hearing these. I want to look up, and we'll do this next episode. I'll look up the ratings for this season. I'll do a full report on the ratings. As a matter of fact, I'm going to write that down. Yes, I still write notes by hand um, because I am old school. Um, I, I script. Once I get my Facebook page going for this, my Twitter account, um, this is dumb stuff that my Twitter account's still been. I've been banned um, probably since the last time we talked. I've been banned for four or five days from Twitter. Uh, I think it's five on day five now. Day five, banned from Twitter. Um, I resorted to talking to cockroaches. No, um, and screaming opinions at them with a, you, you saying hashtag and then some social justice movement afterwards. No, um, <laughs> I'm banned from Twitter. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start the Facebook group. I promise you, I'm, I just don't want to do it for my phone. I want to get my computer, which I've picked out. I just have to order it. Um, it's it's actually I haven't picked it out. It's between two, so I'm very, very not good with technology as I've mentioned before. So I don't want to pick the wrong one because I want to be able to edit my videos up. Because we're starting a YouTube channel um, to go with this podcast, so we're gonna have more guests. There's gonna be more content. So please, guys, just stick with me. I'm uh, we're working through this, but yeah, I will give this episode um, as a season finale. Uh, it, it's really difficult for me on this one because episode 15, The Calm Before, was so emotional and it was so amazing. Um, God, and it just punched you right in the heart, uh, losing all those people, especially Henry and Enid and Tara. Tara was, you know, it was just difficult. Uh, it was, they were, it was, it was difficult to lose those characters. Um, I would give this one, I'll go, um, for the snow, I'll, I'll go, we'll go eight. I'll go eight out of ten. But uh, we're going to do uh, Walking Dead. Let's see, The Walking Dead, season nine. Ratings. Report. And we'll go episode by episode. Um, that'll be for episode 14. We're up to episode, this is episode 13 of the Place to Be Reviews, guys. Uh, that'll be for episode... 14. So we'll do that um, because we won't have any new Walking Dead content uh, until June because I will be doing Fear the Walking Dead too. Uh, we'll be talking about that because I watch Fear. Um, I don't uh, I don't discriminate against Fear. I actually enjoy it. So, but yeah, so I'm going to give, like I said, I'll give this, uh, I'll give this episode uh, episode 916 um, The Storm. I'll give it an 8. I'll give it a solid 8. Um, I might be going a little bit high but you know what? That's okay. That's all right. It's my opinion. And um, overall, the season, like I said, probably the best in season five. Uh, if I have to score the season on a one to ten, um, we'll go. We'll go a seven five overall. Um, there are some little missteps along the way, but uh, we'll go a seven five on the season overall. Angela Kang, great job. Um, yeah. So stay tuned. Uh, the next segment coming up will be the daily rant, which is freestyle. So yeah, I'm not gonna rap though. I promise. It's just kind of shoot from the hip on a few uh, few bullet point topics. Uh, anchor listeners, some more music coming up next. Stay tuned. All right, now this is the portion of the program I like to call the daily rant, and this segment actually goes back 
oh god oh, 13 years now uh yeah um to a little youtube channel that i used to run but yeah that was uh that was one of my favorite segments and uh we've brought it back here now for this uh second installment i'm gonna start rapid fire round with uh cardi b um cardi b <laughs> and I've said this before, Cardi B makes music for women who wash paper plates and who think that collecting child support is a money move. Cardi B, you are a dumb piece of shit. I don't care what you say to justify what you did. Uh, you were drug, and I, I'm not judging the guys who you did this to because I'm not saying they were the most upstanding members of society either. Um, but that doesn't mean that um, just because you are a fucking, you chose the lifestyle that you chose, uh, you are going to drug and rob people after you promise them sex. So you're not only blue balling them, then you're robbing them too. So you're technically robbing them twice. <laughs> oh, hashtag me too. Um, I'm sure that'll piss off a third wave feminist land whale or two. But, I mean, Cardi B is not a victim here. She's not a victim of circumstance. Um, she's not a victim at all. She is uh, a perpetrator who drugged people and then stole from them. Robbed them. <laughs> under the guise of having sex. Leave it to twenty uh, to 2019. Um, politics, uh, inequality between men and women to, uh, to try to make her out to be the victim here. Kind of like Jossie Smollett was the victim, huh? That was another one that got, uh, he, he, he's not going to get in any trouble based on, uh, the Cook County prosecutor other than the financial penalties. Um, but now the FBI is looking into it. So, <clears throat> Mr. Smullett, you might not be out of the out of the woods yet. And uh, Cardi B, you're just a fucking idiot. Plain and simple. You're a fucking idiot. Okay. God, she sounds like she's just seizing out. Uh, let's see what else we have. Um, oh, yeah, Nipsey Hustle. Do I have a cricket sound effect? Because if I do, I'm, I'm going to fucking use it right there because I don't. I don't know what a Nipsey Hustle is. Um, I guess he was a rapper. I I don't fucking know. I mean, I, rappers die with the same frequency as professional wrestlers, which leads me to my next topic here on the Daily Rant, which is John Oliver recently did a um, piece on wrestlers being independent contractors and how... He feels that Vince McMahon uh, basically abuses them and underpays them. Uh, John Oliver has a staff of writers that write his material, and he's got fact checkers that do his research for him. So all he has to do is sit there and read off a fucking cue card. Now, I'm sure John Oliver's a wrestling fan. Um, I'm sure he is. Uh, he just he strikes me as the kind of guy who's he's probably he probably watches it. That's fine. Uh, I don't really watch it anymore. I, I've tried, you know, here and there. I'll watch some. I'm going to watch WrestleMania. But that's one of the few pay-per-views a year I usually watch. Um, and 
So I'm going to check that out. Because uh, God knows I've tried to watch Raw and it's fucking horrible. Uh, Smackdown, I, I didn't. Tonight I was writing my show while SmackDown was on. I was doing some research and writing, finalizing some things. So I, I don't have time to watch SmackDown. And um, so I just kind of look online and keep up with, try to keep up with what's going on as much as I can. But I, I just, John Oliver, okay, here's my point. I'm not sticking up for Vince McMahon because right from the mouth of Mick Foley, Vince McMahon's a psycho. And he said that to me because I asked him flat out when I met him, what is it like? Because uh, Mick was with TNA at the time. And I asked him, I said, what's it like working for TNA compared to being in the WWE? And which do you prefer? And Mick's answer was he, he loved TNA because he could do whatever he wanted. And he named his schedule, um, you know, within reason. <clears throat> but WWE, you got to see everything. You got to go everywhere. You got to do everything. So... And obviously made more money. But he said, McMahon's a psycho. Which is why a lot of the guys that you see that are mid to lower card guys, um, it might look glamorous like they're on TV. And it sure as fuck isn't the indies where the workers have to show up and set the ring up and uh, do all that bullshit like, uh, like you do on the indies to pay your fucking dues. But, um, I mean, it's... Uh, it's you're paying your own travel expenses, you're renting your own car, you're paying for your own hotel. If you got to fly, you're paying for your own flight. You know, all your meals, uh, all your incidentals, your entertainment expenses. You know, if you're drinking, you know, going out to the bar after the show, you know, if you got to go to a gym, uh, your supplements. Uh, most of the guys in WWE, your fucking your gear. Uh, and I don't mean your wrestling gear, I mean your fucking juice. Um, I mean, let's let's fucking be honest here, folks. Uh, you know, these these guys aren't fucking. They're not natties. <laughs> they're not all natties. They're not all. They might not all look like steroid monsters, but they're on something because your body can't take that. And these guys are on the road. Two hundred eighty-five days a year, your your body can't take that beating every fucking night. You know, it just it doesn't. Your body's not meant for it. It's not built that way. Um, so. John Oliver's whole point was that they're independent contractors, yet they sign contracts that they can't compete for any other promotions, which is accurate because the way it works on the indies is it's a uh, it's it's a kind of a, a fucking handshake and a hot dog kind of deal. You know what I mean? Like your your promoter you're working for might fucking give you an envelope at the end of the night with depending if you're a title holder and you're working for a promotion that's worth its salt, you should get at least 50 to a hundred bucks. Um, if you are, you know, a mid to lower card guy, uh, and you're relatively green, you know, five, 10 bucks, um, maybe 15. Uh, if you're a solid worker, you know, who has a little bit of a draw power, you know, can work the crowd, uh, and you're consistent with your performances and uh, your appearances with that promotion, you know, you should be a 20 to $25 guy, depending now, this is all going to depend on their draw, their gate, their pre-sales, uh, concessions, stuff like that. But if a promoter has to also, if they have to rely on the gate that day of the show, 
to uh, know what they're going to fucking, if they're not going to be able to pay you, uh, if you're a title holder, um, they're not doing well. I mean, I've worked for promotions that have paid me, what, 50, 75 bucks to ring announce, 100 one time, just to ring announce. Um, but I've also fucking traveled, you know, um, 80, 100 miles and <laughs> gotten handed fucking five bucks. And shit, I spent 20 or 30 at the fucking bar and drinks were cheap, you know, and that's not counting my fucking gas to get there and back and eating. And, you know, I mean, it's it's expensive, you know, it, it costs. So what I'm saying to you is not, I was doing that once or twice a month. Um, you know, these guys are on the road, like I said, 285 days a year. So you do the math. I mean, if you're getting paid, you know, 40, 50 grand a year, that might sound decent. Um, but not when you add all the expenses and shit up. Uh, and then to say that you can't fucking compete anywhere else, uh, you know, because some of these guys, even your mid-card guys that might be making 50, 40 grand a year, uh, shit, they could make you know, go work a fucking indie show, if they've got any kind of fucking draw uh, in the WWE, if they're active on, if they were active on the roster, I mean, you're talking, uh, they could make a grand, a couple grand to fucking show up at some indie promotion, work a fucking, you know, 20 minute match, maybe, you know, shake some hands, kiss some babies, you know, fucking sell some uh, merch at intermission, post show, I mean, forget about it, you fucking, you could they, those guys could easily supplement another fifteen to twenty grand if you let them do that. But then that would have to be say you got you know three hundred sixty five days a year. They're on the road two hundred eighty five. You're gonna have to do a couple. You know, there's big conventions like uh, Heroes and Legends is coming up in Indiana, um, and that's a big one. I mean, that guy's got fucking always got big names on the card. Um, so I mean, you know. There's promotions like that around the country that would pay guys, you know, if Vince would let them be true independent contractors, not an independent contractor, just so he doesn't have to pay them health insurance, you know, benefits, pension, you know, any kind of shit like that. Uh, that's you're not an independent contractor. <laughs> you're you're a fucking employee, you know, um, they brag they've got, you know, what, 215 people uh, under contract on the roster. Well, you got 215 independent contractors. You know, I mean, then you get you figure there's the guys, you're you're up top guys, you know, you're Cena's and them, you know. They're making millions and you know, they're they're not paying travel expenses and you know, they're they're not paying for meals. And these guys have million dollar movie deals, you know, or TV shows or, you know, endorsements, stuff like that. So, you know, they're they're making their money, but you know, it's it's the the, the lower card and the mid card guys that this really hurts, you know, because they might be marketable, you know, um, but still, if they're not marketable and the only thing they're doing is, you know, scraping by and making 30, 40 G's a year, you know, being on the road 280 days, being away from your family, you know, your kids, your wife, um, you know, uh, and then having to pay for all this shit out of pocket, you know, that's, that's not, that's no way to live. Um, and like I said, I can relate on a smaller scale just based on uh, my time in the indies and all the different promotions I worked for over the years. So, 
it's uh it, it's not an easy life i mean the only caveat i have with them getting in with like say the government getting involved in this uh is what it's gonna do because it's a trickle-down effect uh, that's gonna fucking hurt the indies um i don't think you know these guys see it and they, they start out with the fucking whole emotional oh all these all these fucking wrestlers died young you know Benoit, you know, well, fucking murdered, suicide with his family. You know, Eddie Guerrero was 38. You know, fucking Eddie Guerrero is my age. I'm 38. Eddie Guerrero is my age. You fucking dropped dead of a heart attack in a hotel room. But, I mean, it's just, you, you gotta fucking realize that if they start tearing this fucking can of worms up, once you open Pandora's box, whatever comes out, you can't put back in. Um, this is this could be like the steroid scandal from the '90s, 2.0 or '80s, whatever 2.0. Um, you are going to make the WWE make these guys full time employees and offer them pensions and offer them benefits, and it might not happen at the indie level, but somehow it's going to affect um, indie promotions. You know, if the government starts regulating that shit, it's going to happen. And I don't want to see the business. I might not love the business like I used to. Um, I might talk a lot of shit about it, but I don't want to see it be adversely affected by government influence because I have friends that do this. You know, and it's I don't I don't want their their dreams to be negatively affected. Um, you know, because people think, well, we have to go after this now because it's inhumane. It's inhumane. You know what? Nobody makes anybody get into the professional wrestling business. Nobody makes anybody get into it whatsoever. I, I got in at, uh, 28 and, and which is old <laughs> by, by industry standards. I mean, I, I got in late. Uh, it's not DDP late, which was 40, well, he was 40 or 41, but I got in late and I, that was a conscious decision I made, uh, of my own free will and volition and everything I did to my body, um, over the course of the nine years or so, I, I, it was my choosing, you know, um, I never did anything that I, I was never forced to do anything I didn't want to do. Like I said, early on, if there was a spot I didn't want to do, I said, fuck it, I'm not doing it. <laughs> and that was uh, down in Saginaw with, what we're going to do is we're going to have Sabu put you to a table and uh, and then you're going to be hurt and then you're going to suspend him, but then he's going to beat you up and you can't do nothing. Okay? No. <laughs> no, that's not okay. I'm not, I'm, we're not going to do that. How about we never do that? And I actually found pictures on my Facebook page of uh, that show and me and Sabu having words in the ring because I was a commissioner and the guy who took the table spot for me <laughs> Uh, was actually the guy that was working the match room, which it made more sense for him to go through the table instead of me. Because I just suspended him and ran away. So, but yeah, um, that was, yeah, that's, see, that's more prequel knowledge right there for you guys. Because that's going back to uh, 20, 2013. So, yeah. <laughs> but so I, I don't, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, and, and I'm not making making fun of these guys dying young. Uh, or making light of it because it is serious because they do have families but at the same time you're doing this because you love the business and because you want to you know this isn't the lifestyle to pick if you want to you know um if you want to be rich 
because you can make good money, but you're going to kill yourself in the process. And you know it severely uh, shortens the back end and the quality of life that you'll have depending on your length of time in the business and uh, what you do. Because the human body, no matter what condition you're in, is not meant to take that kind of beating. It's like professional football. Your body's not meant for that. And I played football for four years just in high school. And I'm still, I still have um, injuries that were there, uh, knee, shoulder, and then, you know, injured again, wrestling, um, concussions. Um, I've had six, seven concussions probably since high school. Uh, I think three in high school and four during my tenure in wrestling. So, yeah, it, it takes a toll on your body. It really does. Um you know, God, thank God I've never been seriously, seriously injured. Um, just a lot of stupid little injuries. <laughs> but they add up. They do add up. Um, so that's, I, 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 I'm really on the fence with it. Like I said, I'd like to see um, Vince pay these guys more because the WWE is a billion dollar. In, 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 you bought up wrestling. Vince, I'm just going to talk to Vince for Vince, you son of a bitch. You completely fucking bought up wrestling. You bought all of wrestling outside of whatever impact wrestling now. They're hanging on by a fucking shoestring in this uh, AEW um, t-shirt company. Uh, but Jim Ross just signed with them. And they've, they've signed some talent, but I haven't seen anything other than them printing fucking t-shirts or whatever. Um, that wannabe... Uh, wannabe team ratings stable signed over there what the fuck is their name the, the bullet club or with the bullet boys or whatever they are the 22 shells i don't know but um yeah i i vince fuck you 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 ruined wrestling you son of a bitch you ruined wrestling and i know eric bischoff had a lot to do with wcw's downfall and uh paul Heyman overextended himself in ecw um, but you systematically bought every fucking territory and ran, you know, Smoky Mountain and all that under and, you know, you Mid-South, you fucking asshole and you, you, you homogenized it and turned it into this garbage that we have today, which I say garbage because the television product is fucking garbage. It's garbage. It is garbage. You can't, you can't watch Raw. You can't sit there literally and watch Raw if you're any kind of fan like I am and be like, this is fucking amazing. It's not. I'm not saying the matches aren't, there's not amazing matches or amazing talent. The product as a television program, the writing, the angles, the dialogue, the overly scripted promos, and some of the booking, the majority of the booking, is fucking hot garbage. The, wor the, the workers, the guys and gals, they go out there and they do their thing. You know, the, the commentators, they do and say what they're told, the best of their ability to make it sellable, you know, to sell it. And Renee Young doesn't belong behind that announce desk. I'm sorry. She's annoying. She's horrible. She sounds like shit. Kind of like Corey Graves. Corey Graves, when girls like, oh, he's in tattoos and he's got pretty hair. Corey Graves is a fucking waste of air. I've heard better indie commentators than him. I mean, he's, he's fucking, I don't know. You're shit, dude. Michael Cole needs to go away. I mean, I'd rather listen to Scott Hudson and fucking Lee Marshall 
than Michael Cole and Renee Young and Corey Graves or whoever the fuck they got on there now. I mean, Jesus, they are horrible. And I just said I'd rather listen to Lee Marshall and Scott Hudson than them three. I mean, that tells you how, how what kind of opinion I have of the, what their commentators are now. But they're just spoon-fed lines. And that dumb buck piece of shit, Kevin Dunn, still involved in it. So, fuck him. Um, so that's that's that with uh, with that. I I I'm, I don't think that the government should get involved in it. I think Vince should stop being a greedy piece of shit and make these guys employees and pay them. You know, set up a pension plan for them. They deserve some kind of safety net because they make you. They've made you a very very rich man. And so have a lot of guys for a lot of years. It made you a very, very rich man. Um, so it's time to start paying something back to the men and women who uh, kill themselves to entertain people. Uh, 285 days a year, you know, the longest running episodic fucking television show. You want to tout that shit? Pay your guys. Fucking pay them all. Pay them all good. Give them, give them you know, you can, you can pay them all. 60, 70 grand a year, and it's not going to fucking hurt your fucking pocketbook. Big Daddy Warbucks, McMahon. So here comes the money. Fork it over. Now, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Star Wars and the MCU fans who say, if you don't like Star Wars, just don't watch. Or if you don't like Marvel, just don't watch. Okay, first of all, fuck you. Okay. I'm not judging your fanhood because I say movies like The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens were hot garbage, okay? If you want to just sit back and open your mouth and be spoon-fed whatever Disney fucking throws at you and you can call it Star Wars and sleep good at night, you know what? That's fine. You go ahead and do that. and You go ahead and you have your Ray and your Kylo fantasies or whatever the fuck it is and that potato sack that... You know, wins wars by saving what we love, not killing what we hate. Um, and that jackass pilot um, who got emasculated and looked like a bitch by Vice Admiral Gender Studies. And the black stormtrooper named Finn, who they could have made to be one of the best characters in Star Wars. And when The Force Awakens, when I finally watched that, I was like, okay, because in... uh in Last Jedi, they, they ruined Finn. Like, The Force Awakens, you had a chance. Like, this guy's got, like... If, if they wanted to, like, make everything more diverse, dude, this is, like, your new lead right here. You've got this, like... And then, like, in The Last Jedi, they just ruined Finn. They just ruined him and made him, like, comedic fodder. And he's got a chance for this, you know, big redemption story where he sacrifices himself and Rose cuts him off. And it was like, what the and there's people who are like these characters are so they're, they're as good as the original trilogy characters they're as good as anything from the prequel tr no the fuck they're not <laughs> because your prequel trilogy characters were you know your main characters were Anakin who became Darth Vader okay Anakin in um, Attack of the Clones a little bit whiny but it's a great setup movie uh, Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi there is nobody in Rogue One Soilo, The Farce Awakens, or The Last Dumpster Fire, that is a better character than Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, who's better than Palpatine slash Darth Sidious? Who? Snoke? 
I mean, you've got Andy Serkis playing him, and he's still a shitty character. But Andy Serkis did great with it. Um, who? Kylo Ren? No. Kylo Ren's a fucking emo teenager whose biggest fucking accomplishment is smashing a fucking helmet and smashing up an elevator, getting beat by an untrained force user who should not even understand how to harness her powers yet, but with because little or no training she has, but yet she still bests Jake Skywalker. Notice I said Jake Skywalker, not Luke, because Luke Skywalker does not turn into a fucking self-loathing hermit who whines because he was almost a kid killer, and then he goes and he milks the fucking tits of a sea cow and drinks green milk and ryan johnson thinks this is acceptable star wars and this is subverting our expectations and if you do not accept this as star wars you're just a man baby or an intel yes i'm saying intel with a lisp like you fucking soy boys say that use that word you know and it's funny because the only motherfuckers that use that word are dudes who can't get laid who really can't get laid because look at you <laughs> it's just funny man you say I'm not a real fan. Bitch, I I have been a fan since day fucking one. I'm sitting here staring at the box from my original 1983 Rebel Transport. I have boxes upon boxes upon boxes of original trilogy and prequel trilogy fucking Star Wars shit that I've collected. I still have damn near every piece of memorabilia from Star Wars I have ever gotten since the year... Well, I was born in 1980... Uh, I started getting the shit in 83 when Return of the Jedi came out. And basically, uh, yeah, I have a I have a pretty big collection. But, um, yeah, I like good Star Wars. And, you know, I, I, I bought some of the new figures. And it's just like, I don't even care. I gave them to my three-and-a-half-year-old. I said, you know, we fucking, we take Ray and we put her in a trebuchet. And we shoot her off the fucking side of the kitchen counter. And it's like, I, I just don't care about them. It's like, I I bought them because they came out. I'm like, you know, these these might be cool to add to the collection. You know, I got them when they first came out. And then it's like, well, these characters suck. Well, now I'm stuck with. I'm glad I only bought, like, I don't know. the main. I bought a few of the main characters. But um, the the only good ones that I have from the uh, new movie, the, the Stormtroopers. Uh, I got, like, ten, I think, of the First Order Stormtroopers. Ten or eleven. Um, which any stormtrooper is cool, especially me. I'm an army builder. Um, so those are really cool, but I'm kind of going off on a tangent here. Um, this segment's running really long, but what I want to say is, and the same thing goes for MCU fans. If you did not like Captain Marvel, uh, you could sit down and give like a point by point review of the film and be, you know, non-biased and they'd still call you a fucking man, baby, or you're afraid of strong women. It's like, Jesus Christ, Captain Marvel was a five out of 10 movie. It was nothing special. The Last Jedi was a piece of shit. It, it was garbage. It was fucking garbage. It's not Star Wars. If you took the name Star Wars off of that, and somebody just, who didn't know, they just come in, and, oh, look, this is a movie called fucking, you know, um, you know, I, I don't know, Mary Sue fucking adventures. They'd be like, oh, who's this Mary Sue girl? And, You'd get to know the fucking story of Ray because she's the bestest ever and she's absolutely perfect at everything. You know, get the fuck out of here. I'm not a real fan because I don't like shit characters. Right. Cool story. Tell me another one. Uh, so with that being said, I think I'm done ranting for the evening. Um, this has gone really long. 
we'll be back with another episode tomorrow night. Kyle will be back with me, and uh, we'll have our shovel out for a burial. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I have been Pete. Thank you for tuning in to the Place to Be Reviews. Um, I would say follow me on Twitter, but uh, I'll have to get a new Twitter handle established because I don't know how long I'm going to be blocked. Uh, So yeah, share this uh, anywhere you can. Uh, Thank you for tuning in on uh, Anchor, Spotify, and iTunes. So have a great evening, and we will be back tomorrow with more of the Place to Be Reviews.